Bachelor Nation. Welcome to episode five of It's All in the Roses, a podcast where two astrology enthusiasts break down all the loving, fighting, and rose giving of the franchise. We're starting with season six of Bachelor in Paradise. On this episode, we'll be breaking down all of the happenings on the beach during week five. I'm Susie. And I'm Kristen. And it's time to look towards the stars. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. We're back for another episode this week, episode five. KP, how are you? I'm terrifically well, but JP is not. But we'll get JP to that. JP is not. Everyone, Kristen is drinking a glass of wine right I now. I am. It's six o'clock. It's fine. 6.30, actually. I feel like we're yeah. just on different levels because you have the wine and I just finished this Pilates class that like killed me. So you have the so water? <laughs> I do have water. Oh my God. I always have water with me. Um, I felt very Dylan-esque because I feel like Dylan always talks about Pilates or maybe I just know that because like he's on my radar. But <laughs> I like watched this little video he did and they were like, oh, like how would you prepare for the beach? And he was like, yeah, I'd probably crush some Pilates. So now when I like go to my classes, I feel like I'm Dylan. Oh. That's cute fun. story. <laughs> yeah, it's a good a good evening work. I usually do morning workouts, but this is a good evening workout. Yeah, um, I, I've never tried Pilates. I should try it and see if I like it. You should go to everyone. I side hustle at a club Pilates. Um, it's fastest growing franchise in the country, so I'm sure there's like a ton on Long Island, KP. Honestly, yeah, I'll look into it. I'll have to see. Yeah. So to start things off, as always, with our social media, you can find us on Twitter at It's All Roses. We're on Instagram at It's All in the Roses. And you can send us a message on email at It's All in the Roses at gmail.com. Yeah, if you head over to our Instagram now, I think by the time this episode is released tomorrow, our stories will still be up. We're doing a couple of fun polls that relate to the last episode. And a good amount of people have been engaging with them, so... Definitely be sure to check those out. Tell us which way you're voting. Yeah. Yes, including some random season 15 Bachelorette contestants. We see you. We <laughs> that see is you so there. Random, yeah. But I'm happy. I'm happy words getting out. I'm happy people are at least curious. Um, our quick little disclaimer: Chris and I are not astrology experts. We're just enthusiasts. It's a topic we really enjoy to talk about. Hence, our podcast. The book we referenced throughout our episodes is called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need by Joanna Martine Wolfolk. And any readings of contestants are based on their sun signs, unless we receive any other kind of information. Kristen, what is your Virgo move of the week? Well, I am definitely feeling more productive and energetic lately. I've talked about this before, but I prefer fall to that slog mm -hmm. at the end of the summer. So I just feel like a lot is happening now as opposed to the last few weeks. And in typical Virgo fashion, I've been making moves towards work and self-improvement. And on a semi-personal note, I've started doing more Book, ed book edits to my first book after getting some good feedback on it and I'm geared right now towards cutting the excess words I know I have a tendency 
to ramble at certain points. So just cutting things down, working out some weak characterization. I know Susie has read the majority of it, and I've definitely spoken with you about this before, about yeah. the male protagonist and working on him a little bit. So that's what I've been doing. It's amazing. Like you said, now is the time to do it. Going into fall with like a clear head. I feel like it's a time for self-improvement for everyone or just like picking up slack on whatever you didn't do during the summer. It's yeah. really exciting. And that kind of leads into my gem move of the week. Um, Gems are very notorious for just having so many different interests because so many different things like attract us, kind of that jack of all trades, master of none. So um, last weekend I was up in Albany and I got to hung at, hang out and catch up with one of my friends from college who like we've always been into fitness and like while we were at school, we'd work out together because I feel like we were on the same level and all, but now she's become like a really good runner and does like half marathons and like 10 K's and stuff. So now I have been convinced to pick up running again. Not that I ever seriously did it in the past, but <laughs> I like, I like, I like the idea of it. And I feel like right now I'm in the, I'm not saying I'm in shape, but I'm saying that I'm in the best physical shape I think I've ever been. Let's say like in terms of stamina too. So that's why I feel like I could yeah potentially get into running so i just bought some running shoes um semi-committed to running a 5k uh which i thought was going to be next month but it turns out it's going to be at the end of september Ooh. so i i don't think i'm gonna do it because <laughs> i have like a pretty packed september um and it would be up in albany Obviously, it's one of those like Oktoberfest 5Ks where you get like a stein of beer at the end because oh, yeah. what I do a 5K if that wasn't at the finish line for me, I don't know. I feel but, like that's a given with the 5Ks. I feel like they always have alcohol at the end. My sister did, I think it was a 5K, and they gave uh, out free beer at the end. So nice. Yeah, yeah I, I get feel- that about running. I see the appeal, but I just don't want to do it. I know. And like, I feel like I'm pretty good at cardio. But I also, so I feel like my excuse has been that I get this like really bad ankle pain in my right ankle. And then my friend was like, and I've kind of been looking into it for a while too. They're like, you just need a different kind of shoe. Cause right now I run with like a very like, um, well, I don't like sponsor me. If you want me to tell you what kind of shoe (laughs) this is, it's a Nike. It's like a very, um, there's not a lot of structure to it. It's very like bendable and movable, whatever. But now I'm going to get a more structured shoe. So make sure I hope this, I hope the Roses podcast community um, keeps tabs on me in terms of my running. Yes. And if you run out there yourself, uh, listen to the podcast as you run. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Ooh, killing it. All right. Now moving on to Bachelor Nation broadcast. Um, one big piece of news this week. Kevin and Astrid are engaged. Woo! Another Paradise couple, correct? Yes, from season five, too. So now the only unengaged couple still standing from season five is Kendall and Joe. Okay. Um. Were Kevin and Astrid not on Winter Games together? 
No, because Kevin was Kevin briefly dated Bibiana, correct? Yes. No? And Ashley I. Yeah. And Ashley I, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But they met on Paradise. Yes. And Kevin proposed on August 28th in Toronto, where they live. Kevin considered doing it in Mexico while they were there for Rachel and Brian's wedding. But real talk, Astrid got food poisoning. Aww. So that kind of ruined the romantic vibes. Aww. And it's a really sweet story. They explained it all to people. Uh, Kevin explained that he made sure the song Tequila by Dan and Shay was playing as he asked the question because they drank so much tequila in paradise. And he proposed with a ring from his great-great-grandfather's jewelry company. Oh my gosh, that so is sweet. unreal. And according to them, the wedding will not be filmed for paradise, which I think after what we saw last week is probably a good thing. Good, yeah. They don't strike me as the type at all anyway. To, yeah. like, have their ceremony filmed. So that's awesome. Astrological pairings. Astrid is a Pisces and Kevin is an Aquarius. So these signs have a great physical connection together. And Aquarius is more outgoing and needs their freedom. And they might come to resent Pisces's struggle to keep them at home and, like, with them all the time. So... I don't know. Don't know. I definitely too, too don't see that after. with them, though. They talked about in the People article that the day they got engaged that night, they were like back on the couch watching Big Brother and eating ice cream together. Amazing. So, yeah. Oh, we wish them the best. Great. And now moving on to week five's episode recaps, all the connections and disconnects. You started kissing all your friends Kiss, kiss Kiss, kiss Okay, so week five, we start, we're going to start off with the whole Clay, Angela, Nicole, Chase, and Mike situation we got going on. So we start off with Clay and Angela separately and they're both stating that they came on paradise not to pursue each other anymore but to find different people to make new connections blah 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 all this clay i would say is more gung-ho about that than angela would you agree yes i feel like the whole episode is him um saying that like he doesn't understand why angela made the choice to come down to the beach like why would she put herself through that and why would she subject him to being put through that as well it was very strange and I feel like a lot of it was just clay being a cancer getting all up in his feels and honestly trying to persuade himself that mm -hmm. he needs to pursue other people um, yeah I definitely got the sense that he isn't over Angela no matter what he says totally and I feel like that was apparent from last week when they had um, their first conversation at the wedding like it was just I don't know he was so like emotional like there's no other he was so emotional during their conversation um, whereas you know he had described like Angela being so much more in but I don't know it kind of seemed like he was all in it was strange early in the episode we also get a confrontation between Nicole and Angela which I'm Really happy happened. I feel like it needed to. Um, and it wasn't like a big blow up like I expected it to be. Um, again, Angela said that she doesn't want to ruin things with Clay. 
or for Nicole. And um, Nicole was just like, yeah, stay in your lane. And then Taisha. I feel like taisha has been, like, inserting herself everywhere. Yeah, yeah, she's just been... I don't even know what how to call it, but she feels that... I don't know. I guess she feels like she has ownership of the situation because she's so close with Nicole. Oh, my God. Yeah, yes, yes. And I actually made a, uh, a note here. In our book, I found uh, this little line that I think resonates here well virgos instantly zero in on a problem they take apart difficulties and then put them back together again and i feel like that's what she's trying to do here for her homegirl nicole she confronts clay kind of essentially tells him that she doesn't think he's emotionally available mm -hmm. um and clay doesn't really respond tbh but um yeah she's doing it for her friend but i kind of feel like taisha like Oh, stay in your lane. Like, you don't really have a place to do that. I don't know. Yeah, and opinion. when Angela first entered the beach, she asked Mike on a date. And mm -hmm. the date was, I, I don't know, I feel like they kind of don't spend time on dates when, in the long run, it's not going to amount to anything. <laughs> True. This, again, was very Clay-centric, and Angela explained on the date, that it was the hardest breakup of her life because Clay has been the strongest love of her life. She also admitted that Clay told her that the breakup was easier for him because he never said, I love you. Which is like a bomb. Like, how can you be walking around s making all these grandiose statements when, like, Clay never even said, I love you? Yeah. That really put things into perspective and. I don't know what her follow-up was to that. I think, like, it, the date literally cut out after that. So I don't know if it was just, like, Clay saying things to Mike, but that was intense. Mm-hmm. It was... And weird. the Angela and Mike pairing is Scorpio with Capricorn. We know that Mike is a Capricorn now. <laughs> the Scorpio's <laughs> volatile emotions open up the brooding Capricorn, while the Capricorn finds security in Scorpio's tendency to be jealous. And they share a sense of purpose, and, and they're ambitious and serious about responsibilities of life. I mean, I feel like I get the last part in terms of their personality. They both mm -hmm. seem like very serious and purposeful people. I, I don't know about their connection, though. I feel I like... Of, no, go ahead. I definitely saw Mike in the book's description of the brooding Capricorn just interpreting it in the sense that he likes to kind of be a little grandiose in his statements. That's true. He'll that go on true. about finding true love and all mm, of that. Okay, yeah, that is fair. But yeah, that was that, the dinner date. And yeah, and then later on we get an arrival. I obviously have no idea who he is because, you know me, I'm a newer Batch fan. But this guy is Chase. Um, and Chase enters and wants to pursue Angela. Um, and, of course, Clay is jealous of the attention Angela's getting and doesn't feel like it's fair for him to pursue a relationship relationship while he's watching his ex also pursue another relationship like essentially just doesn't think he can subject Angela to that either and then he like 
says that he's considering leaving the beach. What? Which, again, like the way that they played this in the preview last week, they kind of made it seem like there was more of a conflict between Nicole and Angela. And then in this context, when it actually played during the episode, it came across as Clay literally just not getting his way and feeling like, oh, this is too difficult. I might have to step away. It's literally him spiraling. Yeah. And we're getting like a Blake, Blake (laughs) 2.0 for cancer edition. Yes. And as for Chase, he was a fourth place finisher on actually no he was a third place finisher i'm sorry yes on jojo's season and jojo dumped him before they went into the fantasy suite together gotta love those yeah and chase a good pre-fantasy suite (laughs) dump jason tardic (gasps) stop crit no 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 now i remember and now i'm emotional about it oh he's a golden boy He's in my top three, I think. Of men on The Bachelor? Yeah. Who are your yeah. other two? You know who they are. Dylan and Dean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one judged me. I can't help it. Anyway, yeah, Chase this is a Pisces. Um, Angela's a Scorpio. So a Pisces-Scorpio match is ideal. Um, a Pisces really finds their match with a Scorpio. Pisces gives emotional support. Um, and a Scorpio provides exciting sexual union. Scorpio finds dependency it needs in Pisces. And they both have really intense feelings. They're both really loyal to each other. And they're very intuitive. So, um, again, I don't really think we got to see too much of... Did we see their date? Not really. It was yeah. very quick. So... That's strange because they should be an ideal pairing. Um, <laughs> and I think Angela did take to Twitter later that night or the following day and was like, hey, like, I had great dates with both of these men. Like, it was a shame that we didn't get to see more of it. So mm-hmm. I guess they were fantastic. I'm feeling the Pisces, though. Ever since I found that interview of the guy from Mrs. Maisel talking about being a Pisces, I've been very into them. <laughs> So after Angela's second date, she and Clay talk before the rose ceremony, and they try to air out. I'm sorry, I just looked up Michael Zegan. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, you know that guy. I I genuinely love this guy. Yeah, he's all these little minor roles, and I did know he was in Miss Maisel, but I don't watch. But I I really like him a lot. Yes, did you know he's like 40 though? No way. Wait, yeah. hold on. I'm still on his page. He and Milo Ventimiglia, they're like the uh, deceivingly old guys. Holy smoke. Oh, he literally is 40. Oh my god, yeah. Kristen, guess where he went to school? Where? I feel like I know this. Skidmore. Oh, yeah, I do know that. Okay. Everyone, Skidmore was my first choice. And I'm really? so over it. It was. Kristen, they have such a good English program. Oh, I didn't know that. I have, like, writers in residence and stuff. It's crazy. Um, I like Michael Zegan. <laughs> He's in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, my first Broadway... Francis Ha. Francis Ha? I love Francis yeah. Ha. I love oh Fran- It's on Netflix right now. I just watched that, like, last week. I love that movie. Oh, my God. He's great. I saw him in A View from the Bridge. Remember when we walked by the theater the other day? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've been to... I, I saw Michael Zegan in A View from the Bridge. 
Wait, which theater? The one that Tom Hiddleston was in now? Uh, I believe it's the Hudson Theater. Oh, okay, yeah. That's um, a newer theater. Yeah. Yeah, it just, like, reopened a while ago. Everyone, Aaron Tveit walked, stood right next to us for, like, six seconds. <laughs> he did. Sorry, we, Only... we should have updated earlier. <laughs> <laughs> there is a curtain in this theater that actors walk in and out of. I don't know. We can cut this out if it's too much, but... <laughs> no, I think it There is a curtain... That actors walk in and out of at Moulin Rouge. If you remember, as we said in the last episode, we won lottery tickets for good seats. And at the very beginning of the show, before it even officially started, Aaron Tveit walked out of this curtain, kind of paused there for a second, and then walked right by us to get on stage. Of course, we didn't really realize until he was already halfway past us. But I think my body lost all the oxygen. And then the woman next to me was staring at me like, what's wrong with you? It was crazy. And then... <laughs> second act and i was like christian well he walked on stage do you think we're gonna get him like to walk off stage this way and christian was like i don't really know literally the minute after i said that it happened and and i feel like i looked at him for like (laughs) five milliseconds and i had to look away because it was just too intense you know like they're in character it's it was weird yeah they're running to like make a costume change because did you see when um satine she was like running off stage and ripping off her costume at the same time like before she was even in okay i feel like that's just a testament to how invested we are in angela and clay um (laughs) because we are not at all I feel like we were texting each other all night last night, like, oh. Yeah. Anyway, Angela and Clay talk after <laughs> her second date. Um, and they were essentially airing out more about their relationship. And Clay said that he desired more than Angela's wish of a family, which is why he ended things. And Angela called him out on this by mentioning that just days before they broke up, he talked about what their kids would look like. Mm. Ouch. But this conversation seemed to settle their dispute. Angela wanted to move on. Clay seemed to agree with that. So maybe this is all settled. We hope so. I hope so. So um, with some of the other couples, we just kind of got glimpses of them this week. So we're just going to like run through them. Chris and Katie. Chris wants to elevate his relationship with Katie to the next level. Um, And then we get Katie at the beginning telling Chris that she really needs to see a lot more from Chris before she can get to that next level. But she's feeling really hopeful and she's saying that she wouldn't try and she wouldn't continue to stick out, um, stick it out with Chris if she didn't see something eventually happening there. So... When does Chris ask her to be his girlfriend? I think in a later conversation. Okay, okay. It was very fleeting. All right, just just making sure. Because then later she's, like, talking to other people, like, well, he asked me to be his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It was cute. All right, now we have Hannah and Dylan, who are cute, making out all over the place because it's Dylan's birthday. So, like, <laughs> that... Confirm that Dylan is a Gemini. Yes. That was my takeaway from that. I chose to ignore the fact that the man of my dreams is making out on television and focus on the fact that, yes, indeed, he is a Gemini. Um, I just feel like, again, we talked about the, we've talked about the Aquarius-Gemini pairing 
um, being more friends and like progressing as lovers from that state of friendship. And I feel like we just see that so much with them. Like any time we get a little glimpse of their conversation, Kristen <laughs> texted me about, oh, Hannah says she wants to go on walks when they move back to California. Cool. And I was like, <laughs> but yeah, that's like the kind of shit you talk about with your friends. So that's true. I think just the context it was presented in was such, so random. And she was saying it in a weird voice too. She was like, when I move to Cali, We'll go yeah. on walks. They're just, like, so normal. It's, like, hard to hate them, you know? I get it. I get it. Also, uh, Hannah probably said, like, 20 words this episode. Yeah. Maybe 25. So we're on the up with her. Um, Demi and Christian. So KP did some sleuthing and may have found Christian's sign. Yes. KP, how did this happen? On an Instagram post from early April 2016, I believe, it was just a random photo, which when I'm sleuthing for these people's pages for birthdays, sometimes you got to click on all the random ones because you never know what might be a birthday post. And this one was totally unrelated, but there was a comment on it that said, happy birthday. It wasn't related to the photo or any other comments, no. but I took that as a clue, so... Christian yeah. is possibly an Aries because of that comment. So before the rose ceremony, Demi took Christian aside to kind of gauge where she was at because she knew that the environment could be a lot for someone not used to it. And although they were confident in their relationship, Christian worried about Demi's adjustment to the same-sex relationship once they were out of paradise and transitioning to the real world. And Demi mm -hmm. assured her that she's proud to be with her. And a little bit about the Pisces-Aries connection, which I thought didn't really fit with Demi and Christian from what we've seen. But the Pisces imagination and allure brings out sensitivity in an aggressive Aries. And the Aries will fight battles for a Pisces, which the Pisces wants. Uh, mm. The Aries will dominate the pairing, and Pisces wants someone to lean on. And I kind of saw this as being the total opposite, opposite of Demi yeah, and Christian. I was just going to say that. Yeah, Demi is super, like, she doesn't need anyone to fight battles for her, you mm -hmm. know? She'll step right out there. Wow, that is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, obviously we just know this one dynamic, and it's an environment that Demi is naturally more comfortable in than Christian, so that might be a reason why we're not seeing more of her and more of a gauge of her personality. But just from this astrological perspective, I think it is a little inaccurate, but... We'll see. Yeah, I guess in terms of Christian's concern about how Demi will adjust outside of paradise, I can definitely see Demi um, needing Christian, like needing to lead on Christian for support there. Um, I don't know. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> moving on. Thanks. <laughs> to moving on to another big love square of the week jp taisha Haley, and Derek. so when we start off with these guys Haley mentioned that she was really liking jpj but she didn't know about his feelings for taisha which again how big is this beach that I people know. don't know what seems like the obvious seriously <laughs> and oh, Derek, yeah. just weird go ahead yeah Derek told Haley about JP's feelings, 
leading to Haley confronting JPJ about not telling her and treating her like his backup plan. Mm. And initially in this conversation, JP seemed to be handling it as well as he handles serious conversations. He mentioned that he can't help his loyalty to Tasha, but then things got a little ugly when he became a little aggressive and told Haley that she should be a big girl and not blame him for the misunderstanding. And it was honestly the use of big girl that got me a little like, oof. oof. It was his tone. Oof. It was the way he was refusing to accept um, any wrongdoing. Like, again, I said this last week when he confronted Derek. We just saw like the millennial f boy frat boy jp come out it's such Mm -hmm. a bad look and it's what you would expect from him and it's something he's been trying so hard to steer away from that it's just it's so hard like seeing it like full frontal you know he was very condescending yeah it was not cool Haley fought back though and she's a libra and libras according to our book don't hold back on anything and too much too soon is better than too little too late for the libra which explains why Haley was upset that jp didn't tell her about tasha and that he was seemingly just kind of keeping her string attached while he sorted things out. And meanwhile, on the Derek and JP front, Derek kept wanting a civil talk with JP, who continued to resist. As we saw last week, Derek accused JP of spreading false stories about him. JP finally apologized to Tasha, who was torn between the two guys. One quote that I picked up on while watching the episode that was just kind of putting Derek more in the right. JP said this about Derek. He's a fraternity brother who's in this to take advantage of women. That is a fact. Now listen to this next part. I don't have like a lot of like claims to substantiate that point, but uh, listen, I, I know the frauds when I see them. That's oh, why JP <laughs> Hey, it's, it's getting there. You have like yeah. the tone and everything. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just like, JP, what are you doing? Kristen texted me something really funny like a week Maybe it might have been this week or the week before, and you were like, I feel like sometimes JP just starts talking and he doesn't know where his sentence is going, and I feel like that's what happened here. Yeah. And his whole argument just came crashing down. So, mm-hmm. JP. And then rough. later in the week, Tasha seemingly sided with JP when she took Derek aside and told him that their timing wasn't right. And she was essentially cutting ways with him. And Derek took that as his cue to leave the beach. Rightfully so. So Derek, I think, was in the right here choosing to leave paradise. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think it even would have been okay if he had left after... Um, him and Demi split just because it's like so emotionally taxing and yeah he wasn't going to be able to go through that a third time mm-hmm. Derek is our Sag to Sagittarius's um, love to him is an elusive adventure unexplored path um, always searching for the feminine ideal <laughs> I could see Tasha fitting that yeah absolutely I could see Tasha fitting that I think Demi also fit that for him. Mm-hmm. He spoke very highly of her and how she 
ticked all the boxes for him intelligent beautiful funny like all that and Tasha, of course in the same vein possesses all those qualities um yeah it just didn't didn't work out for our bud yeah and with derek's exit jp and Tasha seemingly paired up again and at one point he was distracted by a fish in the sea he caught the fish he wanted Tasha to kiss the fish and she was into it. I don't know how, but good for you, girl. She's into it. I just think she needs some, like, fun energy, you know? That's true, yeah. He's so serious. Derek, I'm not saying Derek wasn't fun, but Derek, you can tell, is also, like, very serious, very pragmatic. And JP is just a wild card. That's true. Know. As Maybe a fellow Virgo, cute. I have liked my goofballs. <laughs> Aw, cute. Maybe it's a beach. Maybe it's Mexico. She just all that tequila fun. all that tequila <laughs> all right oh, now we move on to an infuriating conversation between <laughs> blake and christina they're both still here how <laughs> i don't know um kp has a note here blake pulls up when harry met sally and when you texted me that i was like what is she talking about i love when harry met sally but i like didn't get it now I get it because he realized he's in love with Christina, the woman who's been right in front of him this whole time. I hate yes. how like his confessionals were like recorded like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And his wow. direct quote was when you realize what you want and the life you want, you want it to start immediately, which is a paraphrasing of Billy Crystal's New Year's oh. Eve proclamation. And when Harry met Sally. Wait, he did not actually say that. Really? He did. It wasn't a direct quote, but it was similar enough that yeah. it was probably like, oh, was that like in your subconscious and you thought you were being original and it was all yours? Oh my god, it sounds like a Blake move, for yes. sure. I liked Christina's response to his initial sharing of feelings. She said, this is weird. <laughs> Which, Which is same. true. Like, I can't <laughs> imagine going through that transition like for and she she talked to Blake about it. Like, was this when uh, she was like, "How can you like switch the feelings on and off like that?" And Blake yes. was like, "I just can." <laughs> and she was like, "Yep, this is weird. You're a weirdo." Um, so they, I guess, more or less agree to explore things with each other again. And Christina has this question like, "How can I trust?" Um, this is uh, this is actually what you're feeling, which I think is very valid considering stagecoach and all. Um, and Scorpio women demand constancy, um, and in, in exchange for that, they will give their fidelity. And I feel like that's just something she's been looking for for a partner throughout this entire summer. Um, mm -hmm. And Blake, I guess, has given her that in terms of friendship, but. I don't know. Does that really outweigh the history? True. Okay. You know? And going back to the When Harry Met Sally note, mm -hmm. is it weird that I find Billy Crystal like really attractive in that movie, or is it just a Long Island yes, thing? Kristen, very okay. weird. So this is my theory. He's from Long Island, and Long Islanders are very like connected to their big Long Island celebrities who aren't trash. And Billy Crystal is one of the OGs. And I, I feel like no, he was from Long Island. Honestly. Yeah, he's from Long Beach. <laughs> oh my god, you yeah. can't get any more Long Island than Long. <laughs> <laughs> so I think 
maybe it's just because, especially in that movie, he reminds me so much of just the men I know on Long Island. Like, not even people my age, just maybe, like, a generation before how they were as 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds. It's just very familiar to me. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Moving I on. <laughs> I do, too. Moving on, we have... Two new arrivals on the beach. Two new men. Um, I think Kristen, like, died. (laughs) I love old McDonald's. Kristen's equivalent of my Dylan. Like, me and Dylan, Kristen's equivalent is Matt Donald. And Matt is finally on the beach, followed by Lucas. I like Lucas. I feel like he's underrated. So yes. I was happy to the see him. Cass knows Lucas as the poor man's Nick Vile. Yo, everyone needs to stop violating him like that. He's <laughs> handsome. He is. And I don't like Nick Vile. I think it's just because of overexposure at this point. I just think he's a bit of a loser. But Lucas, I can grow on. Yeah, I, I don't really know Nick Vile so much personality-wise. I could see, like, why he's attractive. But I agree that he's, like... um. What was the word you just said? For who? For Nick Vile. A loser? <laughs> oh, no. Overexposure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very... He's just everywhere. A loser. <laughs> okay. So, when Lucas and Matt Donald arrive at the beach, they announce that they're going on a double date, and they choose women to go on this date. Luke S. picks Christina, and Matt Donald picks Sydney. Both surprising picks, in my opinion. I thought one of them for sure was going to ask out Haley. Mm. So weird. And as far as the Lucas and Christina date, I feel like it was very non-existent compared to the Matt Donald and Sydney side. We couldn't find Luke S's um, astrological sign. Christina, we know, is a Scorpio. And according to our book, faint hearts never win a Scorpio female, and it takes a man who knows exactly what he wants to win her over. So between Lucas and Blake, it seems like Christina isn't getting that in paradise. So on the other side of that date, we have Matt and Sydney. Matt Donald, obviously we don't know his sign, and Sydney is a cancer. And I feel like they were having a great time, great conversation. But Matt is just so shy. I want to die. Like, I wanted to die watching this. It was cute for a bit, and then it was just so, like, cringy. I couldn't handle it. He just knows his mom is watching. He doesn't want to act uninhibited when his mother's watching. Matt Donald out here acting like he didn't know what he signed up for. That's true. Matt, you very well knew. fair, in his defense, he was eliminated night one of The Bachelorette, so he never really got used to that atmosphere of sharing women and kissing on TV. He never got that, so he has a disadvantage compared to the other men. That's fair, but I feel he could have done his research. I'm sure he watched previous seasons, or maybe even when he was approached to go on Paradise, he might have watched a little of previous Paradise seasons. So I feel like he had time to prepare his mentality going in. That's true. He's also just like the sweetest guy. Also, like I really like his voice, even when it cracks. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I feel like my friends like. And you would know, too, because you know, like, people I've had, like, crushes on. They've yeah. all had strange voices. Not 
Straight, maybe just like a little higher pitch. Uh, not the person I'm thinking of. <laughs> Do you know who I'm thinking of? Tall, dark, handsome. Yeah, he had a weird voice. No. Yeah, he did. On a Matt Donald level, no. Not on a Matt Donald level, I suppose. When you yeah. say weird, I think high-pitched and prepubescent. Not super high-pitched, but I think this person we're both thinking of, like, people would mention it all the time. Really? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but maybe they were just, like, taking the piss out of me, you know? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Sydney's really into it. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> Wait, I... We get to this moment where, like, they're talking about Matt Donald's family, and his parents are both deaf, so obviously they bring up, like, sign language, and then, obviously, Sydney's like, oh my god, you have to teach me how to sign things, and then uh, he, like, taught her the sign for kiss me, and then Sydney was like, kiss me, and he wouldn't kiss her, and it was just so awkward. Um, Sydney is a cancer, and under in our book, under the Amherst State of Cancer Women, they are described as um, being sensual under a shy and sweet surface, which I think is very fitting of Sydney's initial impression, like mm-hmm. the initial impression she gives off. Um, uh, cancer women don't know how to be forward, and others must pick up on cancer's subtleties. Um, if you miss that first chance, then you're probably out of luck. Um, I, I think Sydney was trying to be subtle. Um, and I think maybe at first it was subtle, but Matt was just like refusing to pick up on it, that she had to like go out of her way to do it. And I feel like in terms of, um, being out of luck, like, I think she was a little discouraged after that fail with Matt D, but he pulled it together. Yeah. He eventually kissed her before the rose ceremony the paradise editors went to town and put together a whole montage of animals celebrating around the world <laughs> that was so weird. like why i don't know i feel like, like they should have done that for heather's first kiss on the bachelor if that was what they were gonna do oh my god yeah actually it was just really like strange like none of those animals had anything to do with matt d Weird. Maybe because he's a farmer. But he's not actually a farmer. That but was just not- a steal. Okay, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> Matt the expert. I did enjoy those um, stories you sent me of Connor... Connor L? Connor J. <laughs> I think it's like his mother's maiden name is like his middle name, so he goes by that on social oh, media. But yeah, okay. the other Connor, Connor, Connor J. My favorite Connor. <laughs> Only Kristen, everyone. Literally only Kristen. <laughs> he posted Instagram stories of himself and Matt Donald watching the kissing scene on TV. And yeah, it was just very cute. They have a very sweet friendship that is often on it's social cute. media. They have a cute friendship. I wonder whose apartment they're always in, Matt's? Uh, I don't know. I guess they live fairly close. Yeah, because like, like I'm only saying that because I think it's a big space. It's a great space, but... Like, they don't have the proper furniture to, like, fill it out correctly. Mm. Just what I think of <laughs> watching those stories. I feel like you send them to me for a reason, and I'm like, mm, this table's a little weird. 
<laughs> All right. Um, and then we get the rose ceremony, this week's rose ceremony. Women have the roses um, that they were handing out. So Nicole gives her rose to Clay, Angela to Chase, Christian gives her rose to Demi, Hannah to Dylan, Katie to Chris. Haley to Luke. Like, see, when did Haley and Luke speak? Yeah, we didn't get a glimpse of that. Oh, right. I remember, yeah, texting you about that. Whatever. Good. It happened. I feel like that'll be cute. Kaylin gives her rose to Connor, Sydney to Matt, and Tasha to JPJ. Christina gives her rose to Blake and says that in the past, um, they have given each other friendship roses, but this time, this rose means business. And they're going to give it a shot. And then Mike, Mike goes home. Oh, Mike. Oh, so sad. And he, like, hugged Dylan and was, like, rubbing Dylan's head. And it was so That cute. was very sweet. I'm really yeah. digging their, like, big brother, little mother vibes. Yeah, it's, like, so cute. Um, but, yeah, I'm really sad about that. I'm really bummed. But I hope to see Mike in the future again on The Bachelor Show. Bachelor Winter Games. He'd do great on a winter in his little sweaters. Oh, that's what I loved about Bachelor Winter Games. All the men in sweaters. <laughs> in sweaters. So then rose ceremony's over. It's a new day. Blah, blah, blah. Brie enters paradise. Now, Brie, I was not entirely sure who she was when she first walked down, but is Brie the girl that faked the Australian accent? Yes. How far did she get? Like, not very far, not right? Not too far. Maybe two or three weeks in. Huh. Random. So, Brie is here. She is a Taurus. And she is initially attracted to Blake and wants to pull him aside to chat because apparently they clicked at the wedding. They had great and easy conversation. Um, so, she just wanted to explore that some more. Um, Brie and Blake are Taurus Taurus pairing. So not super exciting. Um, they prefer safety to adventure. They're each possessive. Um, boredom is a very looming threat and they need to develop outside hobbies and friends without raising possessive hackles of each other. Definitely not the impression I got from what they were each saying about their night at the wedding. Mm. Um, I think yeah. Blake likes to think he's more exciting than he is. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, I'm thinking of later in the episode when he's like laying on the sand. I think it's with Christina and like telling him literally the worst story I've like ever heard about his <laughs> uncle or like a oh grandfather. God, yeah. I was like, how <laughs> this is happening right now? Um, so really the main thing with this Brie Blake thing is that it is the ultimate test um, for Blake and Christina's relationship to see if he's really serious about pursuing something with her or if what he said the night before was all just words and he was going to go out on this date with Brie. Um, Christina's freaked out when she sees that happening, but Blake turns down the date and said he's only there to explore his connection with Christina. Um, I don't know. I feel like next week something could come up between Brie and Blake again. 
Yeah. Like, I'm not entirely convinced, you know? I think at this point, because it's so close to the end, maybe Blake figured there's no way I would get to where I am with Christina, just history-wise yeah, and emotionally. That's true. If I switch to Brie now, that's the trouble with people entering so late in the game. Even if they pair up with someone, you kind of know that it will rarely go somewhere. True. So Brie ends up asking out Matt Donald. Yay. Matt, yo, the ladies were feeling Matt. I mean, did Not you see that sexy farmer intro? I was into it. <laughs> I was into it. We're so different. I just really can't. <laughs> it was cute, I suppose. Ladies were feeling it. JPJ was feeling him. Like, literally, actually Wiping touching sweat him. off his back. Oh my god, poor baby. Um, but yeah, Brie asks out Matt Donald. Did we see this date at all? They went surfing. I don't think they talked oh. as far as we saw. <laughs> so, more about And the just to clarify, but I'm often working during these episodes. I'm typically writing on what is happening, so some details I miss out. I was just, like, not in my element this week, guys. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Monday night, I had an extra glass of wine because it was Labor Day. So oh, I'm yeah, we both did. Pretty <laughs> sure I was, like, drunk. <laughs> like, the last, the second hour. And then last night, I just, like, was not. I, I feel like there was a focus on relationships I'm not really invested in. And I was just waiting for the grand finale, which we're almost at. But um, Brie is a Taurus woman and they need security and stability. Being in love brings out the best of them and they like to be pursued but never really won over. So we'll see how that develops with Matt Donald or with Blake or with anyone else really next week. And now... The main I was, event. I was all ears for this. Um, Dean is back. Dun dun dun. Clean shaven. Dun yes. dun dun. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone was kind of like around each other, just chilling. And then people start going, Who is that? Is that Dean? Oh my God, it's Dean. Dean, 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 Dean. It's Dean. Dean comes over, pulls Kaylin aside, and they go far off. Connor's just there, like, what? Bro. <laughs> Bro, what's happening? Such a loser. Bro, back to your fucking rant. Connor tweeted, Sorry, Van, didn't mean to disrespect you. Dean <laughs> retweeted and added a comment It takes a bin- big man to apologize to a van on Twitter. Connor is that big man, both literacy- literally and figuratively. I stan. And then <laughs> Connor retweeted that. So, I think they're all friends, everyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Connor was pissed, obviously. Um, and then Dean is with Kaylin. Kaylin's like, what's going on? Already freaking out. And so last week we were talking about how Dean was just like afraid to face his true feelings. And that's exactly what he tells Kaylin. He was like, hey, I came on Paradise, not really expecting to make a great connection with anyone. Then I met you. Um, And I developed all these feelings. And instead of staying here with a good thing, I decided to run away from them. Um, And then then he says that he rented a car and drove to the Grand Canyon. And I was like, 
how how did you do that in like <laughs> in three, like three days literally and he says that while he was like there he was thinking about how Kaylin is probably developing a relationship with someone else on the beach so he had to come now and flew back um and then when you couldn't think things would get any crazier dean says that he's there to ask Kaylin to leave paradise with him that very day and of course Kaylin is like on the verge of tears doesn't know what to do um and that's that's where we've left off um gemini aries again is an ideal pairing they're great for each other. Um, I made a little note here that Dean and Kaylin remind me of Hannah and Dylan and that they're so normal. They just like seem to be really good friends first. You know, they just have that chemistry and that transitions into lovers. I, I can really see like that. that. I know. I like when relationships form like that. Mm -hmm. um, Dean is an Aries. Aries will probably make the decisions because because Gemini has a hard time in that area and Aries domineering streak will give Gemini the firm direction it needs. It's very true. Gems are super indecisive. And I just thought this little section in our book was super interesting because I feel like Dean is always the one that's portrayed as this like wandering indecisive man, like doesn't know what's going on. But I think here, like he's making such a bold gesture that like Kaylin obviously has really strong feelings for him, but I think she's also going to have a hard time like saying no, because he's like making the decision for them here. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. if you come with me, like we are together. And I feel like she could really go for that, you know? Yeah. I really like Dean's point of realizing that if he waited until he was perfect to start a relationship, then he would be single forever i think that resonated with a lot of people online and i think if anything that could also appeal to kaylin as sort of this statement like yes my life isn't perfect yes i still live in the van but it could still transition into something good between us that's worth lasting and maybe worth leaving the van someday absolutely i literally loved every second of this i feel like like i stand dean i stand dean i really do and this was just like dean pulling it together and sh giving everyone that like aha in your face like i i don't even know how to say this like i'm maturing i'm finding my way um and i'm open to sharing that with someone which i just think is like so beautiful yeah dean pulled through i think He's made a good case for himself. I think so, too. And next week, we'll see how Kaylin reacts to Dean's big question. And things will also get emotional as proposals approach. Um, head over to our Instagram at It's All in the Roses and vote in our story poll. Would you leave the beach with Dean or chill out with Connor? Let us know. You know where I stand. Yeah. I'd be running off the beach. I'd be like, Dean, is your van parked outside? Would you, Kristen? I'd leave Dean there, though. I would take the van. Kristen! <laughs> Wait, Kristen, would you pick... No, you would pick Connor. I think I saw you voted. Yeah, I would. 
Oh I my don't God. like Dean. I can't get over how different we are. It's over. <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise week five of It's All in the Roses. See ya next Thursday for a new episode. Bye. Bye.